0: Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? Uh, A very interesting uh, period of time that I'm still going through with social media and stuff on social media Um, and it is fascinating to me just the expectations of people with mediums and I do wonder if I had these expectations of mediums before with with people expecting me to not be a human uh like I should be some sort of holier than thou, like I should be you know jesus energy on earth, and I tell you what if you want that, I am not your girl <laughs> I am unapologetically and completely comfortable. In my humanness, I feel very strongly that that is what I came here to be. I didn't come here to be spirit on earth. I am not the D- Dalai Lama. I am Hannah. I am feisty, um, sometimes a little aggressive, but also very caring and easily hurt and vulnerable. All at the same time, I've got a real warrior energy, and yet people keep explaining to me that when people are abusive online, I shouldn't be responding to them, and I find that this the entire dialogue about it very interesting. The fact that you're telling me I shouldn't be responding to people that tell me I'm making up and it's bullshit, and that calling me names, but then you're commenting on my post to tell me I shouldn't be responding, and that you're disappointed me in me as a light worker because that is not high vibe. That's creating more of the bad vibe but what part of light work meant that I had to roll over and just take it that's what I don't understand where is that written and I understand if it's going to be um causing you Ongoing grief or ongoing upset in your life. It's not something you want to keep going over and keep inviting into your experience. But I will clap back if I want to. And I don't expect you to judge me for that. And don't we just think that's interesting? I find the whole concept of it very interesting. What are our expectations, conscious or subconscious, of uh, somebody who works for the spirit world and with the spirit world? Because I block most most of the time. But every now and again, I just think, no, I'm not going to block that. Excuse me. I'm going to point it out. And part of that is because I think it's funny. Um, so, for example, somebody commented on one of my TikToks saying it's all bullshit because they'd never heard a medium say that people in spirit haven't got a voice box and aren't actually speaking before so their instant reaction to that was not can you explain to me more about how this works I've never heard anyone say it before but was you are bullshit you are talking bullshit and you are um taking advantage of vulnerable people it was a big leap now sometimes when people say stuff like that to me I explain it to them further sometimes I just block them and I accept they're not part of my experience and we're never going to meet so I don't need to have you in my reality and sometimes I think no stuff you you're being ridiculous and part of that is my own ego and wanting to clap back and part of it is my good boundaries No, I'm not going to let you just shit on me on my page and get away with it. And part of it is also when we go out there as mediums, if all we see is saccharine sweetness and all the bad stuff is deleted and kept secret and removed, then doesn't it give a false expectation to the other people that are following in our footsteps and trying to get out there that they that they will have an easier path and then when reality hits and some ignoramus comments something stupid on their post they start to think they've done something wrong so i'm really i really do try and be warts and all with things and i think that's important and social media at the moment there's something going on with it and it's so weird because i'm in it but i can't wait to see what happens with it because i feel like the whole thing's just about to explode or something it's so interesting i um i've got i've had about 4000 followers on instagram i think i was at 395 something for i mean probably about a year Um, Just not reaching any new people, not getting out there. And I saw a a social media coach the other day telling us what what Instagram want from us as creators to be able to prioritise our content. And it was something ridiculous like a reel a day, a post a day and three stories a day plus commenting and replying and interacting. It might have been more than that. It might have been three reels a day. It was either way. It just felt like a lot. And I think that's the quality of social media has gone down. Because if you want to play that game, you are constantly trying to create, trying to think of things to put on there, trying to make posts. And that's difficult. For those of you that follow me on social media, you will know that I have that stupid character, Princess Celestia or Rihanna. And people have said, oh, I haven't seen her for a while. And it's simply because none of the ideas that I've got for her at the moment are good enough. And I'm not willing to make a video that's substandard just to f- to fulfill what Instagram want from me or Facebook want from me. But we are living in this strange world where this is this is the requirement. As a little aside, for those of you that are setting up your businesses as mediums and trying to get out there, I just want to make it clear how hard it is now to get out there on social media because nobody is talking about it. It's I mean, it is really very much like living in the Hunger Games at the moment, this simulation, isn't it, with these people that have all the power. And we're all trying to be good and play the game and be what Facebook and Instagram and TikTok want us to be rather than being sort of a bit fu you about it all. And even YouTube now are doing shorts. So it's, it's just really strange. Anyway, but just to put it into context... I used to spend about £50 advertising one of my events to sell out. And that was when I had about 80 people. So it was way less than a pound a ticket. You could do the maths on that. I'm not good enough at maths to be able to sell out. Now, I am doing bigger events now. So my events do average about 120 people at them. And because of that, I moved over to Eventbrite. Now on Eventbrite, um, you have to pay them fees. So I'm paying, I think it's about £2.50 a ticket uh, for Eventbrite fees. Although it appears when you buy a ticket through me, that, that the person who's buying the tickets is paying it. I actually reduced the prices of my tickets to cover that. So there's that going on. And then I've sat and done some business related maths recently. And just to put it in context, it's costing me about three to four pounds per ticket uh, to to get it out there on social media. So as it stands at the moment, when you look at the costs that I'm incurring to do an event, I have the rent. I have the my helpers, I have Eventbrite fees, I have social media fees and I have um, something else which I thought of and I've instantly forgotten because that's the kind of brain that I've got, helpers, rent, social media, oh card processing fees as well and bank charges. And I just wanted to talk about that, not because I'm whingy, because I kind of just accept what it is, but just because it it really adds up. I had an event recently where the gross ticket sales were £2,200, but when I actually did all of the profit and loss on that event, it came back at £483, which is still a good profit, but... I can imagine what it's like for people with a smaller following than mine who are trying to uh, get out there and make headway. It's a very difficult time to be setting up in business with social media doing what they're doing. And I know I've spoken to you all about this before, but just to put it in context, I've got 27,300 followers on Facebook. I'm now on day 121 of them telling me that I've got increased reach for doing good content because they give you a little alert to let you know. And my posts are seen by about 300 to 400 people for every post if it performs well. So that's with 27,300 active followers. So it's really, really changing. And I think no matter how much we want to talk about manifesting and law of attraction and everything like that, we have to also accept that there is a computerized algorithm at play here. So if you are setting up as a medium or you're going to start doing events as a medium, make sure you're inclu- including in your budget a good budget for getting bums on seats by advertising because it is eye-watering. I think I pay about somewhere between 25 and 30p per link click, um, which is not a guaranteed sale. It's just someone having a look at what I'm doing. So it absolutely is brutally difficult to get out there Um And be seen at the moment, no matter what the quality of your work is. And if you're struggling, I just want to make it really clear, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just this big machine that is uh, taking over. And there will come another way. And I do wonder if it's about going back to the old school of recommendations and word of mouth and cutting out the kind of rubbish because the most followed mediums in the UK are not the ones that I would say work with the most integrity. They're all ones with call centres, with funnels, with uh, who send out those text messages that say, I've got a loved one in spirit here for you. Is it your dad? Is it your son? Get in contact now to find out from my team of trusted psychics. They're the ones doing that. And the reason they can have the biggest following is because they can afford to pay for advertising because of those underhand sales tactics. So it just goes round and round in a vicious circle. So if you're out there working with integrity, but also struggling to have your voice heard, to be seen, to get it out there, it's not necessarily anything you're doing wrong. And I do believe in making yourself a compatible frequency to what it is that you're trying to achieve I believe in that part of law of attraction but I don't I have to be honest here and say I'm not convinced about the creating business side of it that people talk about I mean a lot of the abundance coaches I see online appear to really just be doing pyramid schemes where they charge a a heller amount of money for somebody to learn how to charge more and then they charge more and then those people also set up as coaches and teachers and then they charge the next generation of students a huge amount of money and it just continues. Is that not just a pyramid scheme? with the money rising up, follow me and I'll teach you how to make a six-figure spiritual coaching business. I don't know. And are any of these things even working anymore? Because I did uh, social media training with somebody online uh, years ago now, but I go through and look at their Uh, Facebook posts and their Instagram posts and their reach has gone down so this is somebody that had millions of followers and so much interaction it was absolutely mind-blowing and now they're not getting that much more than me for having an audience that is actually a hundred times the size if not bigger so yeah fascinating fascinating space to be in there so when you do get out there and you do do a post you then have to deal with loads of bloody crap from absolute idiots who can't just have a conversation and ask why and have to be personal and attacking with it tiring it's very tiring this one I'm not sure why we all signed up for this world at this time but it must have made sense to our souls mustn't it it must have Well, let's move on to some listener questions and see what we all want to talk about today. First up, I have got a question from Cece and Cece says, Oreat babes. I tried to do it. Oorreet, babes. (laughs) (laughs) Cece, sorry about that. I went very Hampshire there. It's where I grew up. So that we always, are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, So I kind of fell into that there. All right, babes. Question for the podcast. If when you are offered a TV show, would you take it? If not, why not? If yes, what would you do differently? Would you edit out the bits you got wrong or keep them in, etc.? Think I already know the answer to that one. Oh, I mean, it really does depend on what the show is and if. It's in alignment with me. Like I was invited to do a game show with Jimmy Carr, but I just really felt that uh, Jimmy Carr had written some jokes where he was going to be insulting to mediums and they were looking for a medium to go on so he could basically run through the, the stuff he'd created and then everyone would laugh and that would be that. So I decided not to do that one. Um... I would really, I would really love um, to do a TV show. I've got this dream of doing like a Netflix documentary where um, it is me teaching and you get a bunch of people like muggles, believing muggles, but muggles, maybe a non-believer in there for dramatic effect and but open and willing to give it a go and willing to try and we take them off for a like spirit school mediumship school and we sh- you know spend this immersive experience time with them and teach them how to do it and talk them through the mechanics and open them up to their power that's something like that i would love to do if i ended up, i don't i just don't know i'd like to but i'm so bloody sensitive i just don't know if i could put myself in that situation where i'm I'm out there. I mean, I know, let's be honest, Cece, I know if the opportunity came up and it was the right thing for me, I would do it. But I also understand that there would be a huge personal cost to me because I am so sensitive and um, I want to be liked by everybody and putting myself in that situation undoubtedly means that people will feel that it's okay to make comment on me and that would be hard. Of course, I would not edit out the bits that are wrong Because I think they're necessary and I'm absolutely passionate that that is part of the problem with modern mediumship is that we have only seen the edited highlights. And so that gives everybody a false expectation of what is actually available to them. So I would want it to show my good bits, of course, but I would also want it to show my bad bits. I would love for it to talk honestly about being a medium, and what it's like, and the cost of it, and the joy of it, the wins and the losses. But seeing as at the moment, I can't even get my book published. I I think I'm going to have to go down the self-publishing route. I don't, in honesty, think it's likely. But we will see. You never know what's around the corner. Um, But yeah, it's an interesting, interesting time at the moment. And hmm but yeah I think I would I would take it because I really want to reach more people and help them understand that it's not weird and you don't have to be some patchouli uh, tie-dye incense quinoa eating crazy to be able to communicate with spirit which I'm saying to you wearing a tie-dye jumpsuit just to be clear and fully honest but um yeah I don't know It would just have to depend on the vibe, the people that were involved, the cut of their jib and all of the stuff. But yeah, I would take it if it felt like the right.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong
0: place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new
1: job but might be open to the perfect role. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash
0: weight loss. Fit. Absolutely. So thank you for asking. Next up, I have an email from Lucy, and Lucy says, Hi, Hannah. I attended a show a while ago with a friend and have discovered your podcast. I believe that some things that happen are connections, paths and not coincidences. So when I listened to your 95th podcast, which mentions sharing their experiences, Brooks, I felt this was a sign to get in contact. These things that have happened to me are just my norm. But when I had Brooke tell her experiences, I realized that it's not. And actually, it may help others who have been through what I have been through. Long story short, my boyfriend died due to a motorbike accident. These are the things that have happened to me and still do now. The day he died, I heard his voice clearly in my head saying, Do oh no! I knew he was still around saying, Do oh no, not accepting this had happened. I have a vision of him standing with his leathers on and helmet in his hand, looking confused at the crash site. I have been told since that he was in purgatory due to being unable to accept he has died. I felt him lay behind me on my bed at night how he used to, putting his hand on my thigh. I would look and nothing was there. This carried on for a few months. I feel it sometimes now when I am upset. I saw him standing in my driveway after I had just made the decision to go travelling. I saw him stand at the foot of my bed and doorway many times. I saw him many times in mirrors over my shoulder. It has scared me at times but I was advised by a medium to tell him this so he didn't continue to scare me. I just know he was desperately trying to get in contact with me. I by chance saw a medium who then held my hand in a way that I held his when he died and I actually saw and felt his hand in mine. I have often felt his hand under the side of my leg when I drive. This is what he used to do. Our song has been played at crucial times. The first day of my chemo, as it literally fed into my view, it came onto the radio. The first time I attended a funeral where his was held, it came on the radio. The day I first put on my wedding dress to my now husband. Into headphones as I was fed into an MRI machine. I know he plays this to reassure me. This song still comes on at significant times and I find it very comforting. The day I attended your show, you came through with someone and mentioned the name Marv, his nickname. You said it was an older man. I did raise my hand but felt it wasn't to do with me. I now know that that was him having a joke on me. Since I lost him, I now feel energies around me. I have senses of others being around. I sense him around me still. Someone approached me and said he had come through to them and when they saw a medium and he said to them he was watching over a little girl no one knew what this meant. I was told I couldn't have children. I eventually did, naturally and by surprise. The baby was a girl. I feel so much comfort from all of these things. I know he will reach down and take my hand when it's time to go. It has made me not stress about things. It has made me know he is there waiting for me one day. It's hard to describe some of the things above, and I may well think of others, but happy to chat if you need to. I'm training to be a play therapist, and the connection side of it has opened up my mind further. I feel that no one sees there is so much more to life out there. I am now rambling. Thanks for taking the time to read this, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy, for sharing your amazing stories. And I'm so glad for you that you are able to accept what was happening I think there are so many people that message me and say I've been waiting for signs and I haven't got signs and when I'm doing readings for people and they say I, I would like to know they're there and their loved ones are like you know I was there and they say yeah but I'm not sure it was you because they push it away they feel that hand on their leg and then they go no I'm just dreaming that and they push it away so it's absolutely amazing amazing that you are able to to experience that and accept where it's coming from. And I'm so glad it's helping you. The only thing I would say is that I personally uh, do not believe in purgatory. I don't believe that it exists. I think that um, the spirit world, they're returning back to their true state and they are instantly we instantly when we move into spirit remember everything we ever were and everything we ever will be Um, and it's like going home so there is no sort of getting stuck as such I think he was trying to let you know um, what had happened and that he continues he's been such a strong presence with you all the way through but equally I don't know everything that's ever happened so I can only offer my opinion there But wow, so incredible. And thank you so much for sharing these stories.
1: Hi, Hannah. I just have to start off by saying I love the podcast. It's brilliant. I think you are really good at bringing awareness to, yeah, the, the, never-ending topics and discussions and things that kind of you know that happens in mediumship and development and just makes me want to question and think about life and beyond so yeah it's fab keep it up um my question today is just about animals and do you think that animals and our pets can heal like you know we can we've learned to heal through reiki practices and things like that do you think that animals can do it because you know often i know that my dogs are very sensitive and they'll know and they can and i understand that they can feel emotion and they know when we're upset and they can comfort us. I was just wondering, what do you think about the healing side of things? Because it just makes me think and question about, you know, when we, re- when we reincarnate back into, you know, human existence and, and living this on this human plane, do we choose? Do we come back as animals? Do we come back as as people, as humans again? It's, it's just so interesting. It just makes my mind wonder. But anyway back to, to healing. It's just, yeah, making me wonder and think, um, well, what, what's your take on it? I mean, I'll give an, an example. Of it's not really healing, but yesterday I was doing my yoga practice in the morning and I wasn't really feeling it because I was very tired and sleep much the night before and I started to get the hiccups which was really distracting me my dogs always sit with me and it's I just recently you know actually found out that yoga means unite and it's lovely that they're uh, well union and it's lovely that they're with me uh, as I do my yoga every single morning and um yeah, so they'll often sit with me. So I got the hiccups yesterday, and it was really, really annoying me because I was—I just wanted to get on with this yoga before I had to get on with the day. And I was trying everything to, to make them go away, and they wouldn't. So I sat with my dog, who lies next to me on my yoga mat, and I was giving her a stroke. Um, bless her, Luna, she was fast asleep. But all of a sudden, my hiccups stopped. Um, and I haven't had hiccups. I don't know when, the last time, years and years ago. Um... And then she suddenly started hiccuping, um, which I don't think I've ever seen a hiccup. And then she just went to sleep and hiccup stopped and I got on with my yoga and felt energised and fine and I was back to it. And it just really made me wonder, was that a coincidence? Or could Luna actually feel what I was feeling and take that away? Interesting. Just wanted to know what your thoughts were um but yeah thanks lovely and uh keep doing what you do because you're amazing
0: bye ah so i'm going to just tell you all that that is crystal (laughs) because she didn't say who she was um and i know crystal we've worked together so um i was i was aware who it was now i love this question thank you crystal and thanks for your lovely words about the podcast I do believe that animals are healers. I actually think they are better healers than us humans. I think animals come in a far more pure form um, and they don't have obviously the ego and the limitations that we have that stop us from stepping into our natural power, which at risk of being incredibly crass is so, so- uh, shown to us with dogs if we pooped like dogs do all squatted over with people watching I mean my dogs like maintain eye contact with me when they're pooping it's really intense and odd I, I think <laughs> if us humans just gave less of a crap about other people seeing our crap um, we'd probably all be in a much higher vibrational state and just getting on with things far better. And I think animals, yes, they can heal. In fact, I did a reading for somebody very recently whose dog got them through a terrible time and a really difficult time and then passed. And they wanted to make contact with their dog. And I did explain I am not an animal communicator. That's not something that I write on my CV, but I would give it a go. And their dog was saying to me, I had done the work that I needed to do and my work was done. It was time for me to go. So I do think that Dogs and animals, not just dogs, all animals, they come and they come to help us in the physical with what, what we need. So they are great healers. They are great teachers. Um, my dog, Monty, is an incredibly challenging animal. Um, we've had him since a, since a puppy. The number of times people have said to me, "Oh, is he a rescue?" and I'm like, "No, he's just a dickhead," um, and stuff like that. But I know that he has taught me a lot about patience and unconditional love, and managing things, and allowing people and animals to be who they be even if it's not exactly comfortable and that not everything can be perfect all the time and now for see now I've got Gloria who is definitely teaching me that you can be cute and beautiful but also psychotic so there all there's all sorts of lessons in there as well um, not just healing but also lessons within that. And I've met so many people where their animals have got them through the most difficult, traumatic and upsetting experiences. Um, It's quite amazing to me. So I do think that they are more capable of healing. I also think that they have, I do believe that they are spirit, but I believe that it's a different form of spirit to the one that comes in as a human. um, I think it's a different facet of the spirit world. And I do feel that they are more, how's the best way of phrasing this? they don't have the same limitations that we seem to have in our humanness. So I do feel, for example, I do really believe that robins are, uh, for me personally, is my grandfather letting me know that he's around. I was visited by a red and black and white woodpecker after my grandmother passed, which was something we'd associate with her garden and my spirit guides Do appear as a fox, an actual physical real fox on occasions at very profound and amazing moments. But I also feel that that is more the human part of the soul world, or the not just human, but the part that. manifests at, as, at the level that we're at or higher, sort of goes into the animal and then leaves the animal. Um, I don't believe, for example, that my grandfather is now a robin. I believe that he's almost collaborated with the spirit of the robin to give me that sign. So there's a huge... I'm doing expansive arms here, which is no good because you can't actually see me. But this huge sort of just opening of stuff. Now, if you are an animal communicator and you're listening to this or you have expertise, I would love to know your take on this and your thoughts on this. Please fill the gap in my knowledge. Um, drop us all a voice note. But I believe that we come back as animals in the sense that the spirit world is one, one, But it would be a very different aspect or facet of our souls that would come back. Um, I don't believe that the part of me that is in me now will come back as an animal or has been an animal, but maybe I'm limited in that. And maybe that's my human ego saying, oh no, I couldn't possibly come back as a slug. I've got much more important stuff to do. So who knows with our limits of consciousness, but absolutely I do believe your dog um, took your hiccups away to help you. That's absolutely hilarious. Um, But equally, I don't think that all animals heal. I certainly don't feel like Monty, my dog, is a healing dog. He's a teaching trigger. Try not to phone the taxidermist kind of dog rather than a healing and loving one. But then again, define healing. Is that not just getting us where we need to be? It's so big, isn't it? The whole subject. Thank you very much for messaging and thank you for leaving a voice note. I love it. I loved hearing your voice. Um, And keep smashing your work too. Now I'm pretty much up to date with uh, emails and questions to the podcast but if you've sent one in and I've not covered it unless it's been in the last couple of days um, could you possibly resend it because I have seen emails And now I can't, for the life of me, find them. Um, For example, there is somebody that has contacted me on a platform somewhere um, to say to me that they have got a teacher who they've had an experience and their teacher will not tell them what the experience means and has told them that they have got to work out what the experience means. And I remember reading it and thinking, Go teach. That's the kind of teachers we need that are empowering people to find the answers for themselves. And I wanted to talk about it. Can I find that email? No, I can't. So um, it's not intentional, guys. The problem with being me is even though I have an auto response on Instagram and Facebook, I'm just constantly being messaged. Contact- I'm too contactable. And then I see things and I think, oh, that's good Oh, that's interesting. And then it's gone into the ether never to be seen again. So if you have sent an email in, please, it is not personal, please do consider resending it. And now is the time to hit me with your questions, your thoughts, your experiences. And I'm still waiting for people to message in who want me to pull them a card and get them a spirit guide message. So it would be lovely to have some of those. If you want one of those, you just need to voice note the WhatsApp uh, number in the show notes so I can hear your voice and the listeners can and just ask you question and we will go from there thank you all very much as always for your interactions your listens and I will catch up with you again soon
1: when you make decisions for your company you look for the
0: no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer